Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Andy Wint. Best of I, good evening, it's half past five. This is Update for Tuesday, 30th of January, 2024 from Manx Radio. 30 minutes looking at the latest news on the island. Background to that news, we've got sport and business and sea watch and travel updates. And the newsmakers in person this evening, the latest on the disposable vape ban building at Middlemarch, perhaps before 2025. Daphne Kane, MHK, back at her spiritual home. Is our organ donation legislation being ignored and boosting football for females on the Isle of Man? Man Benham, for all your business and legal needs. But first of all, at 29 minutes ahead of 6 o'clock, the update news headlines. Fastamai, Siobhan Fletcher. Fastamai, in the last hour and a half, Braddon Bridge has fully reopened. Work has been carried out over the past three weeks on the Peel to Douglas Road to improve the carriageway there. The DOI has issued a statement thanking everyone for their patience whilst works were underway. The Laugh campsite will continue to operate under new management next year. It was announced earlier today that the current operators would be shutting the site in June after TT. But the landowners, Ballamore Farms, say they understand how important the local facility is and have vowed to reopen for the next season. The dates for the 11th Camera Isle of Man Beer and Cider Festival have been announced. Each year, more than 2,000 visitors head to the Villa Marina in Douglas. This year's event will take place from the 11th to the 13th of April. Turning to the international news, the DUP leader says there could be a return to power sharing in Northern Ireland within days following its two-year boycott. It's agreed to settle a dispute over post-Brexit trade arrangements and says it's secured the removal of checks and customs paperwork on goods coming from elsewhere in the UK. A man threatening people inside homes in southeast London and who reportedly had a crossbow has been shot dead by police there. Neighbours near Bywater Place in Surrey Keys report hearing screams just before five this morning. And there's going to be an urgent review into the decision by prosecutors to accept a manslaughter by diminished responsibility plea by Nottingham killer Valdo Calacane. Emma Webber, the mum of one of his three stab victims, says she was ill-prepared and never thought the charge would be anything over the murder. There are your headlines, news at six. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's guidance on powers of attorney and more. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Jeremiah, thank you, Siobhan, from the Ronald's Way Met Office. There's a strong wind warning currently, a gale warning later for the North Irish Sea, State of Sea. Currently slight or moderate, rough overnight. Dry and clear weather this evening on the Isle of Man, a moderate uh, northwesterly, packing southwesterly, overnight minimum 5 degrees. And for Ukraine, Wednesday dry and cloudy in a strong to near gale force southwesterly. With some rain after lunch, up to 11 degrees tomorrow, wind veering northwesterly, easing through the evening, down to 6 through the night for Thursday. Dry and bright to start with, then uh, cloudy on a moderate to fresh westerly daylight, maximum 9 degrees. Tides on the way out, low water 28 minutes before 9, high tide 2.30am, sunrise 8 minutes past 8, low water 25 to 9, there's a delay on the Dublin flight tonight, 
The Manxman is heading into Douglas Harbour right now and tomorrow morning's 8.45 Tahitian will depart at 7.30 if it goes. Manx Glass and Glazing are able to offer an emergency out-of-hours boarding-up service. Call 491918. The Manx government's yet to confirm if it's planning to follow the UK's move to ban disposable vapes here on the Isle of Man. A new law restricting the selling of vapes to under-18s is currently awaiting royal assent. Vape store owner Giles Day has previously criticised disposable vapes. The one thing as a society that we still fail to, to learn is that prohibition doesn't solve the problem. All it does is it creates more problems. It's extremely expensive for the taxpayer in terms of policing. It ends up ruining a lot of young people's lives and and when that happens, when they become convicted of a crime, it then marginalises that person. And over the period of their life, what inevitably will happen is they'll become more reliant on the state. And all it does, it's just going to create a, a new black market for organised crime. And when that happens, as we saw with synthetic cannabis back in the day when it was sold in head shops, there was never any problems. As soon as it was banned, the spice came on the market. And if you watch any documentaries about prisons in the UK, you can see what a terrible, terrible problem that is. From an economic perspective, I don't think we can afford to, to, to ban them because the cost of, of, of policing it and the effect that it will have on, on young people's lives going forward, it's just too expensive uh, and it isn't going to solve the problem either. I think it's more about regulation of social media companies for one because that's where all the marketing to young people has been happening um, education as well that's obviously parents and schools and things like that as well but the thing is with kids and we've all been kids is that when something's trendy and all your mates are doing it in order to be fit in and not be, not be ostracised by your peers you, you just join in but I think kids that are addicted to nicotine if you know anything about addiction someone telling you to stop isn't going to make you stop so they're still going to be looking to try and get that access to the addictive drug and if it's not through licensed regulated entities then they'll go to the black market Construction work on a multi-million pound project to redevelop the Middlemarch site in Douglas could begin by the end of the year Plans for a three-storey leisure complex and 250 space car park were submitted at the end of last year and a currently under consideration the project architect is John Bell The application is going through the process we've had a few consultations back which we're obviously dealing with and the years in close with the planning officers so yeah it's, it's, it's going quite well at the moment it's, we're working very closely with them and also we're sort of being asked to work with some of the other developers in the area just to sort of provide some modelling and just make sure that the whole master plan sort of comes together really for the whole of that area which is quite interesting Now the original plan was a 250 space a multi-storey car park, three-storey leisure complex as well. The Palace Hotel were proposed as the anchor tenant occupying, I think, two floors of the leisure complex. Is that still the case? That is still the case, yes. We've not really looked too heavily into the budgets, purely we're working on those still, but until we got the final design, because as you can imagine, planning is still in discussion, so still bits that we have to tweak and change. So until we get the final design, it's hard to finalise the budgets. With the application proposals, not too many. It's more case of just understanding the highways implications, how that's going to work, where potentially also the energy, there's a substation on the site as well, so there's little bits like that that we're just sort of picking up, and standard planning items that we pick up as we go through, but it's the whole project's been very positively received in general, so I think overall yeah, hopefully we should be getting some sort of decision, hopefully in four or five months time if not earlier, I think the aim would be to start on site this year, which is very exciting you'll be looking at a, probably a two year project overall by the time it's concluded so I would think it's, if you work at backwards probably about 2026 20, completion update 
Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Agartha MHK says she hopes to bring some positivity to help deliver on government's ambitious tourism strategy. Daphne Kane MHK has been appointed to the Department for Enterprise as a political member with responsibility for Visit Isle of Man and motorsport. And she told Manx Radio she hopes to help champion the Isle of Man's heritage offering for visitors. Well, I, I feel like it's my spiritual home in a way. I've always had a massive interest in heritage and the visitor economy, having spent 10 years in the former department for tourism and leisure. And I hope that I will bring some positivity to deliver on the, the very ambitious uh, tourism strategy that they published a couple of years ago. The Isle of Man has so much variety to offer all kinds of visitors. And from my previous experience and also knowing next week, I think the Isle of Man is going to welcome more than 50 members of the Guild of Travel Writers. And I think that small style conference or corporate events is a way to build the visitor numbers in the shoulder seasons when, you know, the Isle of Man is still a beautiful place. I was out walking over the weekend myself down at the chasms around Laxey. And I think that the the biggest publicity we've had actually is, is as a hidden gem. And the more we can promote the Isle of Man and its realistic offering so that for those people who are interested in what the Isle of Man has to offer, whether that's in the heritage side or the um, Victorian transports network that we have unmatched anywhere um, or for more modern things or even fine dining increasingly. You know, I, I just feel that the tourism industry brings so many benefits to island residents as well in improving the output for those for those hospitality industries as well as the various visitor um, experiences that we have to offer. Fast am I, it's uh, 20 to 6 this Tuesday evening on Manx Radio, live from Douglas in the Isle of Man. Uh, is a former MHK justified in saying his private member's bill designed to make organs for transplant more readily available, not being given the attention it deserves? Martin Perkins' measure, the Human Tissue and Organ Donations Bill, got royal assent in 2021, but it's still waiting for the secondary legislation needed to implement it. Cabinet Minister Kate law an MHK says it's complicated. In order to have um, this private member's bill in, in its full implementation, there is a, a huge amount of work, not just in terms of secondary legislation, codes of practice, but also making sure that you've got the regulatory um, regime developed and in place to the satisfaction of the UK Human Tissue Authority. So it's really complex. There is a commitment to, to progress this. Yeah, you mentioned quite a few times it's a private member's bill. Does that take away from it? Does that lower it down the list? A bit. Um, I think that um, it's not it's not really that because once there is um, I guess there is that commitment in in statutes um, certainly for a part of government to do something that that requirement um, is there so by by no means has it been forgotten I think that perhaps what does happen though is there, there becomes like a lack of appreciation as to the you know the implications of that in our case in terms of public health uh, it's uh, the, it impacts in terms of cabinet office and public health carrying out this work as a regulatory function to implement the bill in terms of, of, of budget, resource, people, mm. money, liaising with the UK. Well, the point was made, this. I mean, £45,000 for a year of dialysis, that would be money saved if there could be a kidney transplant, for instance, for that particular patient. I just really want people to understand that as it stands at present, there is no barrier to people choosing to, yeah. to donate their organs. Um, part of the campaign and the passion behind having this private members bill was to raise awareness for that very point. 
Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. Motor vessel Manxman left Hesham at five past two. She's safely into Douglas Harbour, going astern onto the link span now. Leaving this evening at 7.45, getting to Hesham at half past 11. The overnight departure's 2.15, back to Douglas at 6 tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning's 8.45 has been rescheduled and will now depart at 7.30. Check in no later than 6.45, but it's still subject to possible disruption or cancellation. Uh, to give the sailing every opportunity to take place, a final decision will be made at 6 o'clock by the master. Obviously, if it goes, it'll be coming back. If it doesn't, it won't. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. The Isle of Man FA is planning another project aiming to continue boosting girls' football on Manx shores. The FA's uh, Women's and Girls Football Development Officer is Simon Elson. He explains what they have in mind and what he thinks of the opportunities available for female players now. The Bigger School Day is an FA initiative where we're trying to get every single girl that wants to play football to be given the opportunity to play on the 8th of March 2024. And then they'll go from there, they'll then hopefully go into club and carry on playing football mm-hmm. so basically that's what it's about but we're trying to get schools play groups anybody who you know has females are playing to basically come together it can be clubs it, you know it could be children's centres you know nurseries it can mm-hmm. be anyone you know they just need to sign up we will then they'll have assets posters they'll also be given little ideas you know how to make it enjoyable but the main thing is they sign up and basically just let the girls kick a football and enjoy it and have fun that is the main thing to have fun and if any parents guardians or anyone wants to get involved afterwards with a local club or one of the programs we run just reach out the game is looking for volunteers as are all sports how do you as the woman development officer compete with netball and hockey to get girls into your sport all we can do is look after you know ourselves give the opportunities show the girls the pathway I encourage the girls to do other sports as well because then it becomes multi-sports you can transferable skills from other sports into girls football as long as they're active and they're doing something that's what I want but preferably obviously I want them to be able to play football and we have got a pathway from five all the way up to the senior citizens who can play walking football if they wish to do so you know that's that's where we're at the moment which is really good we have actually grown you know with the help of our some of you know the clubs the schools the parents this is you know everyone's involved not just the FA it's yeah. a joint effort by everyone Manx Radio Business Briefing at 16 minutes before six shares in auction Technology Group, the digital marketplace business, flew up by a fifth as the Art and Antiques online marketplace operator said it expected annual results to be in line with expectations after an 11% increase in revenue for the first uh, three months of the year. And for a full daily market report, go to RamseyCrookall.com. We get on the Isle of Man the majority of our food from the UK and two-thirds of food in the UK comes from the EU. The fresh produce trade across Europe is facing two big challenges as Red Sea blocks make long-distance shipping difficult and new post-Brexit rules come into force in the UK. Shipments of fresh fruit from Italy, Greece and other southern European countries have been delayed in reaching Middle Eastern and Asian markets due to attacks on shipping in the Red Sea by Houthi rebels. Companies have re 
rerouted shipments around South Africa, adding three weeks to their journey, but some crops are rotting on the way. Experts have warned that if the disruption continues, meat and grain deliveries could be also hit, according to Politico. Meanwhile, in the UK, prices for fresh fruit and veg are likely to rise as paperwork requirements come into force for EU imports of animal and plant products. Variety, availability and shelf life will be affected, producers have been warned. Border inspections begin in April. The Stock Market Report, brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets were higher as investors digested preliminary fourth quarter gross domestic product figures released by the Eurozone. The euro steadied, oil rose and gold rose supported by a slightly weaker US dollar. The numbers from Ramsey Crookall at the close in London, the FTSE 100 up four tenths of a percent at 7,666. The DAX in Frankfurt up two tenths of a percent at the close, 16,974. Short time ago in New York City, the Dow Jones Industrial up six hundredths of a percent, 38,358. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index is uh, down almost four tenths of a percent at 15,572. The S&P 500 in Chicago uh, almost flat, but down two hundredths of a percent, 4,927. In the exchange markets, the British pound sterling trading at one US dollar, 26.7 cents, one euro, 16.9 cents, and 23 South African rand, 87.6 cents. In commodities, gold's up two tenths of a percent at $2,035 per troy ounce, and a barrel of Brent crude up eight tenths of a percent at $82.57. You've got an investment plan? Yeah, Mike set it up. But don't you need loads of money to do that? Not this one. It's called Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall, and you pay in monthly as little as £100. So it's like saving regularly, really helping us invest in the future for a house of the kids' education. £100 a month? I could easily do that. You should. The sooner you start, the better. Invest in your future with as little as £100 a month. Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall, the island's investment specialist for 75 years. Call 717171 or visit ramseycrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. This is the most listened to Isle of Man news source. And Manx Radio's update is the Isle of Man's most downloaded news podcast. Earlier this month, Isle of Man Meats had to recall a number of beef products after a machine breakdown at the meat plant led to delays in the production line. The Environment, Food and Agriculture Minister was quizzed over the incident and the amount of waste it caused in the House of Keys today. But Claire Barber, MHK, says exact figures and an answer as to the cause of the fault will have to wait. In regard to the amount of the loss, I am happy to commit to sharing the value with honourable members on conclusion of our discussions with our insurers. There were no consumer returns registered and therefore no refunds to customers, but there have been also some refunds issued. In terms of the eight-week stagger, the plant operates in the same way as any other business with a booking in process, whether that be an optician, hairdresser or window cleaner. The customer phones up to make a booking and there are a given number of slots available each day that can be allocated in advance to assist with planning. In order to assist with this and due to the hard work of the management and operational team of the meat plant, the number of slots available has increased significantly in the last six months and these slots have all been filled. The fact that we are not seeing the waiting time decrease would indicate to me that we're displacing exports, which I hope honourable members would agree is a good news story. I'm pleased to be able to share that over the past six months we've seen a 16% increase in throughput of cattle and a 17% increase in throughput of sheep, with the only limiting factor on sheep numbers being supply and available slots being unfilled each week at present as we have passed the peak of production. For an animal to be reared slaughtered and then simply thrown away is really not a situation any of us should condone. 
Could the Minister provide assurances to us that no malicious administration has taken place? Thank you. And I would absolutely echo the thoughts of the Honourable Member. And I think, as would everyone on our board and everyone working within our plant, and certainly the wider agricultural community, in terms of any malicious practice, we do know that there were issues with machinery. The root cause of that failure has yet to be determined, but a full investigation into that is continuing. And I can assure Honourable Members that any concerns that may have been raised have been reported to the appropriate authorities, and it would therefore be inappropriate for me to comment further. Manx Radio Sport. Astamai Sports Editor Rob Pritchard. Astamai, good evening. Starting with athletics and Isle of Man athlete Sarah Aston has smashed an island record which had previously stood for more than 32 years. Whilst competing in Seville in Spain on Sunday, she set a new Isle of Man women's half marathon benchmark in a time of 1 hour, 11 minutes and 40 seconds to finish 12th in the race overall. Her time eclipses the previous official record of 1 hour, 14 minutes, 29 seconds set by Brenda Walker at the Great North Run in 1991. In darts, a strong outing for the Isle of Man squad has seen them finish second during an international event held on Ireland at the weekend. The Isle of Man played host to Republic of Ireland, Guernsey and Jersey as all four nations faced off in the 2024 Ireland's International last Friday to last Sunday. The Manx players took second spot in the men's, women's and overall categories, only beaten by Republic of Ireland who won all three titles. In martial arts, the Manx Jiu-Jitsu club has secured three more medals whilst competing in the UK and Europe. Gracie Barrett Isle of Man fielded five competitors across the European IBJJF Jiu- Jiu-Jitsu Championship in Paris and the Grappling Industries competition in Liverpool last week. The French event saw Gracie Barras Haley Curtis, Colin Evident and Lucas Borchok in action, with the standout success coming from Borchok, who secured a bronze medal. Elsewhere, fellow club members Nick Baker and Phil Cowgill were involved in the Merseyside competition, with both going on to bag silver medals in their respective classes. And in cycling, Matthew Bostock and Ruby Oaks secured the top honours during the latest edition of the Hamper Cycling Race, held on Sunday. In a field of competitors, which once again included numerous riders competing Competing at professional levels, Bostock took overall victory ahead of fellow pro competitor Max Walker in second and Adam Kelly in third. Elsewhere, Oaks produced a dominant ride to win the women's race and crossed the line in 19th overall. Making up the women's podium was Sophie Smith in second, whilst third spot went to Florence Griffin. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. Inbound at Ronald's Way, the 4.20 flight from Dublin K will be coming in at 10 past 6 tonight. Then it's the 10 to 8 Logan Air from London City and the 5 to 8 Logan Air from Liverpool returning patient transfer plane. So, outbound tonight is the 6 o'clock Logan Air to Liverpool and then the delayed 4.45 to Dublin going out at 25 to 7 on the roads. Braddon Bridge is finished and go. You can drive around as much as you want. Temporary lights in Douglas at the bottom end of Summer Hill for gas repairs. Also on Victoria Road near Linden Grove for work on the road surface. Hillside Avenue closed to Circular Road for adjacent office window replacement. And a section of Switzerland Road closed for construction work. Still those temporary lights on Lord Street between the bus station and Duke Street for scaffolding work. In Colby, a phase closure on Ballakill Ferrick for water main work. In Onken, temporary lights on King Edward Road between Gradle and the A2 for trial pit work. Kin Drockard Road in Andrus got uh, phase closures for water main work. South of Kirk Michael, temporary closures on the Ballalai Road for water main work. And temporary lights at the bottom of the Ballamoda at the Grenoble Road Junction for patching work. North of Port Aaron, Serby Mill Road's closed for drainage work. Temporary lights on Ramsey Road, Peel near Battery Lane for cable work. Temporary lights on West Kimmerick Road in Bride for ditching work. 
and off-road the Heritage Trails close to the 15th of March between Crosby and Glen Vine or duct insulation. Ask how you can spread the cost interest-free at Rates are being increased in Port Erin to be able to provide a realistic budget and services for residents and plans to move more than £50,000 out of reserves. Chair of uh, Port Erin Commissioners, Godfrey Eagie, says residents shouldn't be burdened with unnecessary costs. We've had to increase the rates. We were very conscious to uh, keep the increase as low as possible. We've released funds from reserves to maximise and we're trying to maximise the potential for the commercial lets, uh, fire depot, fire station, cosy nook and um, we're conscious that rising costs to the board, like utilities, wages, refuse, materials, means that some increase is inevitable. But we're really trying to do the best for the village. So we've sort of had to do a compromise where we've increased them, but we've increased them as low as we reasonably can this year. It, it's important that, that we don't burden our ratepayers and anyone really with uh, any unnecessary costs if we can avoid it. There are a few projects that were carried over from last year still, and they're, they're sort of important ones. We cut back on some of the nice to have. We won't be getting any more floats this year, expanding the floats, for example, but, but we will be trying to get ladders fixed on them. We're still looking at increasing some land that we're hoping to get to in future, may, maybe have social housing on or whatever, but is utilising to the village. But we, we're still providing the library, which of course comes at a cost. The, the, these sort of services are never money-making things. That They're important amenities to the village and to the whole south of the island, really. And obviously with costs for the local uh, and pool committed some money into doing maintenance and improvements on the cozy nook rather than the big scheme at which it wouldn't be a great time to do it would have been registered building and our new incoming tenants uh, we've agreed some improvements there and it's all looking really good for the summer update brought to you by simcox advocates advising businesses and families since 1949 visit simcox.com or call 690-300 a chinese national's been excluded from the isle of man for five years after admitting slapping and kicking his wife at douglas courthouse for manx radio tessa hawley nian chow yang formerly of central promenade in douglas had originally denied assaulting the woman and had been due to stand trial however at douglas courthouse the 36 year old changed his plea to guilty the court heard witnesses had seen Yang having an altercation with his wife in a car park at 3.30pm on the 3rd of January. He struck her in the face, causing her nose to bleed. Yang, who doesn't speak or read English, was assisted in court by an interpreter. The court heard the pair had been married for 13 years and Yang was highly intoxicated at the time. She also told the court her client had been working on the island for around three months and had been sending money back to his parents in China who were looking after one of his children. At a previous hearing earlier this month, it was revealed that the company Yang was working for had revoked his visa following the incident and his wife had subsequently returned home. At that time, Yang's advocate had applied for bail so that he could return to China to work ahead of any trial taking place. His family are essentially destitute at the moment, she'd added. That application was refused by Deputy High Bailiff Rachel Braidwood, who told Yang that she had very little faith that he'd return to the Isle of Man. Today, Yang's advocate told the court that the defendant had struggled with being on remand at the prison and staff were using Google Translate to communicate with him. It's had quite a negative impact on his mental health, she added. His only desire is to essentially go back to China. Sentencing Yang to six weeks in custody, Deputy High Bailiff Rachel Braidwood told him this was a domestic abuse incident involving an assault on your 
wife. Arrangements to remove Yang from the island on his release from prison will be made. The court was told a family member has offered to pay for his onward travel. That's it for update tonight. Compiled from the results of the Manx Radio's news department. Thanks to newsreader Siobhan Fletcher, producer Amy Griffiths. Uh, Countryside's on the way after six with Simon and Kerry and Chris Kindley with the greatest hits at 6.30. W-I-N-T.